Robbie Williams Rewind. Welcome to Robbie Williams Rewind. We are the champions. I'm Matt. And I'm Lucy. And along with help from special guest fans, we take you on an in-depth rewind through the solo career of multi-award winning singer, songwriter and entertainer, Robbie Williams. Today, we're talking about the B-sides that came off the singles from Robbie's fourth album, Swing When You're Winning. And we have our lovely friend, Elaine from Ireland. Hi, Elaine. Today. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> lovely to chat to you. Hi. And to you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so I think we first met in um, possibly the Under the Radar queue. Oh, no, or was it um, was Hyde Park before that? Oh, Hyde, Hyde Park. Park was before yeah. that. Yes. Hyde Park. Yeah, that was we met it. then. So not, not that long ago. But I did come across a photo of us at um, the Swings Both Ways tour in Belfast, a group photo. And because I'm friends with Katie from episode two and you are as well, we are in the same group photo there. But we didn't know each other. I then. know. Isn't it so funny? <laughs> and I recognised your face and I didn't know where. I knew obviously I'd seen you, you know, somewhere along the way. But for whatever yeah. reason, we didn't get chatting that day. Obviously, there's so many people. Um, and yeah. I'd heard Katie talking about the champions. I, I must know. I must know these guys. Where? <laughs> and then it took <laughs> us that long to meet. So it was lovely when we did meet. Yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. And all thanks to Katie. Exactly. Because <laughs> you and Katie were actually um, pen pals, weren't you, back in the yeah. day? Back, back, back when kids used to write letters. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, the days. back. It was oh, you know, I said, um, it's lovely, really, but kind of sad thinking about um, it was the the take that fan club, and you know, like you could, yeah. you could put in um, like if you wanted a pen pal and your like and like your favorite member was and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I can't remember did Katie do it or did I put in mine? I can't remember anyway. Um, but we've we've kind of been friends ever since. Oh, it's lovely. I think Katie often comes over to Ireland to go to the concerts. Yes, she, she does. Yeah, yeah. So anytime, um, anytime we're going to any of the Irish gigs, you'll always straight away think about getting her a ticket, whether she's thinking of coming or not. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I'd say she kind of wants rid of me now at this point. I'm just not going away. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us how you became a Robbie fan. Um, probably like a lot of people, it was like started out to take that fan. Um, yeah. And Robbie was always my favourite. Um, I found that I was kind of drawn to him more. He seemed, I, I enjoyed kind of the fun part or he seemed to be the one kind of bending the rules a little bit more. Or when I <laughs> when I finally got to see, I only got to see Take That Live the first time round once. Um, it was in 94. And when I seen them like on stage, it was my first ever concert. Um, and I realised that no matter who was standing in front of me, I just seemed to, my eyes seemed to be following Robbie because Robbie was up to something somewhere. Um, so he, <laughs> yeah. he, he always kind of brought the stage presence, I think. Um, and then when he left Take That, I was devastated, like, like everybody else was, and Take That, even though I was still a fan, didn't kind of seem the same. Um, and then when he went solo, I suppose a bit like himself, we all had this belief that he was going to be amazing. And I know he's kind of said he kind of had nothing to back it up at the time, but then he was, going to be big and um, I think we all imagine he yeah. would be so yeah so since, since then oh <laughs> so you first saw him live with take that what about um when 
he left Take That. When did you first see him solo? Oh, the first time I seen him solo. So it was his first solo um, tour. And initially he wasn't going to be doing a date in Ireland. So I got a ticket. I don't know how I was allowed. Um, I got a ticket to go see him in London, in the Hammersmith, the Palais. Wow. Um, and uh, oh my God, it was amazing. It was just kind of surreal. Um, you know, they were still, it was still Robbie who was on the posters on my wall kind of thing. Um, so yeah. to see him live and doing his, like his own solo stuff was absolutely amazing. And then throughout, I don't know what the time scale was, but he eventually released an Irish date, which was kind of right towards, I think it was the last, it was towards the end of the tour anyway. So at the, towards yeah. the start was the Hammersmith Lapalais gig. And then towards um, the end, I seen him in Dublin, um, the Olympia um, Theatre, it's like Regal Theatre in Dublin. And it was absolutely amazing. Um, so that was kind of the, the mm. first, the first solo tour. I got to see him just like, yeah yeah because I was at Hammersmith as well so we were both there and we didn't know it I know <laughs> and I, I remember um was it Mark was um on TFI Friday was that the same yeah, yeah. <laughs> the same <laughs> day kind of yeah. up the road and I remember um everyone kind of looking out to see was the F gig I, I don't know I think I think people thought he was there but I don't know was he actually I never saw him there no but you know, I'm sure someone said that he did go with Chris Evans. Yeah. You know, when people point up to it, like, I don't know even if there was a balcony, but point up somewhere and say, there is such and such, and everybody just screams and looks, and who knows who it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, no, it was amazing. It was um, the Hammersmith, Hammersmith Le Palais gig was absolutely amazing. But it, by the time I got to the Olympia, I don't know whether it was a mixture between the album had been out longer, so people knew it more, um, or yeah. the venue in Dublin's a really good venue, or was it? I don't know. The crowd just went absolutely mental. Like you could, I remember there's like two balconies and you could hear the balconies kind of rumbling, like people were kind of jumping oh, and, wow. and like the agency, like not that you were afraid it was going to fall down, but just this echo of noise coming back and he's getting all the motion. So <laughs> it was lovely. Cool. Amazing. Well, the Irish crowds are always amazing, I think, from my experience. I think he enjoys it. Like, you know, I'm sure he panders to, to every crowd and I'm, I'm sure there's other crowds that are probably as, as good, but probably a bit biased but I always the Irish cakes are always my favorite yeah yeah well from what I've seen they've always been the best on the tours that I've been to when I've been to more than one in a play in on a tour and I look back it was always the Irish one that was the best so yeah (laughs) what was the what was the one that we saw in Dublin we've seen two in Dublin one uh the ballroom show and also oh yeah that was yeah that was good, wasn't it? You amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. That, yeah. that felt like an old school gig. Um, I think I yes. felt like we hadn't seen him in ages. And then because he was doing such a selection of songs. Um, yeah, it mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah. And it yeah. was quite raw, wasn't it? The production. Yeah. It, wasn't, yeah. it was the band on stage and lights and that was it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, and Rob. Yeah. Yeah, and then the stadium gig, and then heavy entertainment show yeah. tour as well. Oh yeah, which was on the other end of the production scale. Exactly, exactly. And <laughs> I think huge. I think you guys were the opposite side of the the walkway to me. Do you know the queue split in two? Yeah, yeah. You guys were yeah. the other side where Katie was, and I was over the other side. Uh, yeah. I'm not avoiding you. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we loved that that gig. That was yeah, incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, how many times have you seen him oh, in total? Do you think quite a lot? Then I haven't. I haven't. I haven't actually counted. But you've been to every tour. 
I've been to, I've been any, any. Not everybody keeps a spreadsheet like you, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> and any gig he's he's done in in Ireland, so I've I've been to. Yeah, I've been to all of those. Right. Um, was a, I'm trying to think, was there any kind of random? There was the, most of them fell along with a tour. Um, there was only one other one. It was um, they used to do this thing, this gig here at Christmas, a charity gig for Childline. Um, so it would be like a selection yeah. of people, it'd be like boys and a variety of different people, and he did that around the time. I think he sang Angels and Know Before I Die. It was kind of back then. Um, yeah. yeah. And other than that, it was any tour that he came to Ireland. Um, I would have seen him. I've, I've been to see him in, like we used to, I was supposed to see him in Manchester. I've been to London. Um, and to see him in Belgium. I, I, I should count. I should have counted before this is preparation. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Don't need a number. <laughs> Probably more than you can count in two hands. Yeah, right? yeah. I'll, I'll get back <laughs> to you on that one. <laughs> maybe you're into the into the tens. Maybe not the hundreds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what, what is it? Do you think that is so good about the Irish gigs? Because um, I believe that Robbie does actually really love them. I know you, he says it everywhere. Oh, you're, you're the best crowd. But I really believe that he does think that about Ireland. What do you think makes it so good there? Um, I don't know i wonder now again he could just be saying this i i think he feels a bit irish i i think yeah. like he had i think his grandfather um i think he feels that and i don't know is it coming back to maybe that first tour where it the reception was like was amazing but you know what i mean like people just went absolutely mental um and yeah. it, you kind of kind of see that passion so the next time i see him i'm trying to think the next time I seen him was in, there's not venue called The Point, where I spoke with the belt now, but there was um, three nights running. No, actually, sorry, I've missed it in between. There was um, a slaying gig, um, but three nights running, and each night he like, you could see he was kind of getting emotional with the, the response um, each mm. time. So I don't, and I, I think Irish people just are happy that people are coming to play for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think, I, always... I think Irish people, like, you know, he doesn't take them. He's going to self-deprecate and he take himself too seriously. And he, he has a go and, you know, that kind of thing, I think. Appreciated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. I, um, I, so around the time he did Glastonbury, was that 98? was 98. Yeah. yeah. So he plays, there's this big um, summer gig that happens um, just outside of Dublin, a place called Slane. So it's massive, I can't even tell you, 70,000 or something. Not as big as, obviously, some of the, as Glastonbury. Um, but he played that as a support act. Kind of, so it, it starts early in the day and, and the headline act that year was The Verve. And I remember he was on yeah. um, it was quite early in the day. thought it would have been like two o'clock or something like that, maybe even earlier. Um, and I remember like, this goes a really bizarre because obviously Robbie doesn't know us, but feeling quite proud of him. Like he did like Teenage Millionaire, and, you know, because it was around yeah. that time where... Um, yeah. Where it would have been like he, he he didn't have obviously a lot of a lot of albums out at that point. Um with the crowd's response to him. Um and I remember after Robbie I kinda of moved back kind of up in the crowd and stayed obviously with the whole thing and there was great bands on that day. But as everyone was leaving, you kind of it's on a hill, so you're walking up a hill to leave. But I remember the conversation right. from everybody, so all these kind of indie kind of type bands, you could hear him talking about Robbie and how amazing he was. And I think it was because yeah. he was on during the day where everyone was sitting on the ground, um, like kind of chilling, drinking. Yeah. 
and he was running up and down the stage. You know, he would have been quite lively on stage back then, like bouncing up and down. Yeah. And like <laughs> you can think of teenage millionaire like running around. Yeah. Um, so I think that definitely kind of caught people's attention. Like it caught an audience maybe that he wouldn't have, a bit like Glastonbury probably, that he wouldn't have tapped into. Yeah. And then by the following summer, he headlined things. So he, like, and I know he would have talked about it kind of, well, it was amazing. It kind of freaked him out. Like he lost his nerve a bit leading up to it. Like how, yeah. how suddenly have I gone to, from that to absolutely headlining Headline. yeah, a massive field. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think because maybe because of those kind of gigs, um, you know, yeah. it, and he gets that response and he kind of feeds off that. Um, which maybe there's other places in the world that he gets the same reaction. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm I always biased on it. I always, because it's home, I suppose I, I enjoy it. Yeah. From my experience of Irish culture and visiting different places in Ireland, I think it goes without saying that live music is just kind of part of the, the DNA, isn't yeah. it? You know, people will pick up an instrument, play in the pub or bar. We kind of have that in, in England to a certain extent, some places, but it's not prevalent, yeah. you know. It, it, people would just kind of look if someone picked up a guitar and suddenly started singing people would be like oh <laughs> yeah. whereas i think in ireland people are like yes let's let's join yeah, in. Yeah, you know, yeah. i'll get mine out as yeah. well and it's so i think live music is huge isn't Absolutely. it it's a big part of yeah yeah no yeah. saying that i don't play an instrument i probably can't sing <laughs> no but it's <laughs> but I, I like i love music like i do you know i i yes it's like an escapism you know Robbie obviously mm. is particularly in escapism, but I, I I just love music. And I was putting on a song and singing away to it. Um, when you think nobody can hear you. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, no, you're definitely right. It's a big big part of Irish culture, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have you ever met Robbie? I, I I feel like I used to be amazing at remembering kind of time scales and dates. Something's happened to me in the last few years, and I can't I can't place dates properly. But it was, it was, you know, he was just after getting out of rehab um, and he had the jacket on him. He just recorded, it was after, around Lazy Days at the time because he had the jacket on him right. in the Lazy yeah. Days video. Um, and yeah. he was, he looked absolutely amazing. Um, he, you know, he had the shaved head and he was really, lame. you know, he always looks amazing anyway. But I, I just couldn't talk to him. I, I it was, <laughs> I, I just kept, you know, it was, again, it was because I was, Still quite young, I suppose it was that 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 was on the pictures on my wall kind of thing. I didn't know what to, what yeah. to do or say. Um, but I suppose it got better over time. Um, I <laughs> I ended up um, you know, on um, what's they called the, the bench went, you know, with um something stupid. Oh, yeah. yeah, in the Edinburgh gig, and that year I ended up on stage. Oh really? I didn't know. That. Uh, yeah, ah. yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> and I. Like it was absolutely amazing, obviously, but I can only describe it as it was like it was, you know, the National Lottery ad where I think it was a UK one where like a hand came out of the sky and it's like, oh, yeah. that's yeah. what I felt like happened. Like <laughs> it was, and I, told it, I, I hate being the centre of attention. And I, I, I don't mean anyone was there to see me. Obviously, they weren't. They were there to see Robbie. Um, but like I even had reservations about walking up the aisle at my own wedding because people would be looking at me. That's kind of I know it's mental, but that's that's just the way I am. So the idea when the, when he said like you've kind of been talking to me a little bit before, um, and the girl's like he's going right. to pick you. I was like, no, no way. So when he pointed, I was like, oh my god, how am I going to do this? But I, I, I <laughs> but what I was going to say was when I got up on stage with him. 
I, I remember giving him a hug and thinking it kind of felt like he was a friend. I know that sounds really random. Right. Yeah. But he, yeah. he well, like it was a stadium full of people that was freaking me out more than actually him. Um, and he held my hand and he kept squeezing it, like squeezing it really tight. Like it, he didn't say you're going to be okay, but that was kind of almost what it was. Um, yeah. And it was a bit surreal kind of sitting, looking into his eyes as, as he's singing. And obviously I have an attractive mask on at the time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I, I think I'd be better um, kind of if I met him now. I've, I met him another time. Um, I'm trying to think. He's doing a TV show here. And it was it was quite brief, um, but I think I think yeah. I'd love to. I was meant to be going to Vegas and then back up cancelled because um, oh, of COVID. COVID. Yeah, um, so I was looking forward to have been able to have like a proper little. Not that you'd get a big conversation, like that, but you know, just to have to actually kind of talk to him a little bit. Now, now that yeah, I could actually yes. get sentences together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully that will still happen. Exactly. Yeah. Day. Hopefully he he hasn't got bored with the idea of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, no. I think he'll. I think he'll reconvene there at some point. So have you got any other favourite memories of Robbie? You know, like the Port Vale top. Oh, oh yeah. Lucy's got all your stories written down. <laughs> there, so. See, I told you my memory is what it used to be. <laughs> Elaine, I know the. Oh favorite. my god! Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, so the Port Vale top. So um. Katie, that we've talked about before, um, she um, was obviously big into Port Vale and in Ireland she couldn't um, get the jerseys and I don't know why I wanted one, but it did. So she kind of got me yeah. one um, and brought it over. Um, it was around the time we were going to a couple of gigs, um, like January 1999. Um, and we went three nights running and the, I think it must have been the third night. I thought, Do you know, I'm going to bring it. Like, I don't know why it wasn't like an Irish jersey that I was bringing a Port Vale jersey. But anyway, I brought it and um, threw it on stage like it was actually get it on stage and he um, picked it up and put it on it was during I remember it was old before I die and he was kind of bouncing around and that and he took it off and you can see um, well explain that in a minute he was kind of swinging it around um, and he was he was trying to get it back to me as he threw it back because yeah. I'm obviously small and kind of wedged against a barrier so I kind of got it but the crowd behind kind of pulled it um, Oh. But the security jumped over the barrier and got it and, and gave it back to me. So I have it at home. Well, when I say at home, it's in, oh. it's in my mom's attic somewhere. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I always I always planned to frame it, but I don't know. I I ended up it ends up in a box and stuff. Um, but the strong video, you know, the video for the song "Strong." Yeah. There's little snippets of those gigs in the point. Um, and it, oh, and yeah. if you look closely, you guys wouldn't ever see it, but you know you can see him jumping up and down with it on. You can see him swinging it, and you can see myself and Katie down at the, the barrier. Oh, yeah. I have to watch that video yeah. again. See if I can spot I used, you. I used yeah. to like press pause just to <laughs> just to try. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, um, what does Robbie mean to you? It's total escapism, you know, and it, it's it's. Yeah. Um, do you know from so like so when being a take that fan, I was so we call it primary school, secondary school. So I was a fan of primary school, secondary school, uni, starting work, you know, being a grown up. You know, he's he's been there every bit throughout. Like when when you look at the yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, I can hear my dog barking. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Um, right. When um <laughs> when you look at the albums or the songs, you can totally link it to where you were in your life at that time. Yeah. Like good memories and kind yes. of kind of bad, you know, I don't mean bad memories, but sad times. Um, you can, yeah. there's, you know, like 
things seem to happen so you have stuff to look forward to if you're having a crappy time is the way I, I see it and then the, the gigs just uh, is the obviously listening to music is amazing um, but going to the gigs is the, the biggest kind of high special um, yeah or escapism <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so if you could ask him anything what would you ask oh my you don't have to answer that if you haven't got anything <laughs> do you know what I think more than asking him something, I think I'd always imagined that I'd not care. And he probably has people saying this to him all the time. Just say thank you. My dad passed away a few years ago. And the last kind of happy memory I have with him while he was in hospital was watching soccer aid. And my dad kind of slagged me because yeah. Robbie, I think Robbie had missed a shot at goal or a penalty or something. Uh, <laughs> do you know, so it's, it's just, just thank you, I think. I'd, I'd, I'm sure I'd have oodles that I'd want to ask them. It would probably be weird questions. Yeah just look at me but um yeah that's that's what i'd imagine i'd say to him yeah yeah um anything else you you'd like to share and and any other memories well you know like there's there's obviously been some big gigs kind of over the years that you think should you have gone to or or not gone to but i remember the time of network um i was a student at the time um i was training in the uk and um, as a student nurse you don't get like proper holidays you get like two weeks um so in that right. in that two weeks um never was going to fall um or um sorry you could pick either two like there was two different sex weeks you could take um and i had a choice yeah. between taking the time off to go to Neverth or taking the time off to go home um he was doing a, a massive gig in um dublin in the phoenix park which is a massive park in, in the center of the town kind of wouldn't say it's, it's um What's the, oh my god! What's that park called in New York? Phoenix Park. Um, it's 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 a massive park anyway. But I chose to go to the Phoenix Park because I and I don't regret it. I you know I, I, it was yeah. absolutely amazing. And as I said, I, I was lucky Irish gig anyway. Um, I know at the time he like probably would forget all of them now. It's it's nearly like the more recordings you have of something, you, your memories kind of morph and morph into that. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, the more video you watch, you can remember that more than the actual thing. Um, but I was for being yeah. an amazing gig. I remember it started lashing at one point, and I remember him saying, "Well, if you guys are going to get wet, I'm going to get wet." So we came down and did like extra songs down on the the walkway. And I have some cool, oh, back wow. back when you used to put rolls of film on a camera. <laughs> I have some yeah. I have some cool black and white pictures of uh, like you can see the rain and an Irish flag and him kind of sitting at the end of the runway. Um, oh, lovely. So network would have been amazing, but I'm still happy with my choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excellent. So yeah, I think we're going to move on to the look at the swing songs, aren't we? Um, I think swing. You, you said it was quite special to you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, so I, mean, I know. Yeah. I know some people aren't into the swing music too much. I wouldn't say yeah, a huge fan. But I, I grew up in a house where like all kinds of music fades and um my dad would have been one of the things he would have um, listened to a lot would have been swing music so like if you're out in the car he's giving me a lift anywhere as dad's do um he'd have his cds on in the car so when robbie was releasing the swing stuff i kind of knew a chunk of the songs not all of them now, but i knew some of the songs already um and i think like most people around then um who weren't robbie fans they kind of nearly had the impression that robbie was doing this because he'd run out of songs but he didn't have any of his own songs. <laughs> so I, I remember yeah. my dad kind of slightly thinking that, um, you know, that this like, 
top any of his own songs if he's doing a whole album of, of covers more or less. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I remember um, that that was another gig actually that I wish I I wish I'd got to go to live with the Albert and on a, another note I wish I'd got to go to the Troxy gig. Um, but the yeah. the live with the Albert one, um, I remember when like getting the video and sitting down to watch it with like not with my dad, but he kind of came into the room and he sat with me, and I remember kind of watching it and watching him just to see his reaction. And he kind of wasn't really saying much, and then. Mm-hmm. It got to the end um, and it got to, you know, my way, you know, the bit where he's kind of like running up the steps and he's getting kind of all emotional and, and he kind of yeah. comes runs back down and says uh, something to his mum. And I remember my dad turning to me and saying, this really means a lot to him, doesn't it? Like he is really into it. I was like, yes, yeah, see, I told you. <laughs> um, so so then, <laughs> then he was on board. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Excellent. I think it does. It does mean a lot to him. I remember on it was on the last episode, wasn't it? And we were talking about the fact that when they were working out the production for the Albert Hall and everything that they needed to invest into it, they were really worried that they weren't going to make any money out of it. Yeah, really. And uh, obviously that that didn't you know didn't turn out that way in the end. But they were a bit worried that it was actually going to cost them <laughs> money goodness. to do it because obviously it's such a huge production. Um, incredibly and we were saying it was just an incredibly flawless production as oh, well amazing. and it was filmed live all the way through no retakes uh incredible yeah it was amazing yeah. and his his voice was like his voice is incredible but then his vocals were just amazing yeah they were off the scale yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Robbie Williams, and you're listening to Robbie Williams Rewind with the Champions. So let's start by talking about Eternity, the orchestral version. Yeah. This was written by Robbie and Guy, and it was the B-side to Something Stupid. The orchestration was by Vince Mendoza, and it was mixed by Al Schmidt. The video to Something Stupid was also on the CD single. And that's all the notes that we have. There we go. <laughs> well, we obviously know the song Eternity, yeah. don't we? But uh, yeah, this, exactly. this is a slightly, slightly different arrangement, orchestral yeah. arrangement. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, what, what do we think? think of this song then? Elaine? Yeah, Elaine. What do you think? I love the song Eternity. Yeah. One of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was released in 2001. Yeah. Um and that's the year that I met Mike and we met oh. Mike on I, I met Mike on holidays. Right. So that song always makes me think of that summer. Oh, that's uh-huh. nice. And that um the not like it wasn't an orchestra that we had at our wedding, but there was meant to be like an instrumental bit where I don't know candles were being lit or something, I don't know. But they, they were um the guys that were doing the music were meant to do a little bit of eternity. And yeah. on the day it ended I don't know how or why, but it ended up being She's the One instead of Eternity. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why, um, which made me laugh. But um, I, I do I do love the song. I love kind of the intro to the song. Um, I can't say I've, I, I listen to the, the instrumental version very often. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a beautiful song, isn't it? The, what, the yeah. way, um, and then putting it with a full orchestra just makes it sound even more beautiful. Yeah, I can yeah. see why they took this one in particular and made it an orchestral version. It, yeah. It, yeah. it works, yeah. It sounds as though he re-recorded the vocals as well. I think so. Yeah, they Definitely. sound slightly different, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he would have had to because of the timing. Yeah. It is slightly different. It's different, yeah. Yeah. 
I love the way right at the very beginning, there's just that beautiful harp playing at the start. And that just does something. I don't know. It just creates a feeling in me when that starts. And then the opening beyond that is like so grand. Um, It it's, I mean, I love the original eternity track, but in a strange kind of way, this feels like listening to a different song, even that's the same song. Um, And even though the lyrics are the same. So I love both versions really. And then obviously Rob's vocal is superb. I think the music, it kind of almost to me sounds like it's from a Disney movie. (laughs) I don't know why. Oh yeah, it's it's quite magical. Yeah. 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 It's got that whole variety of instruments, hasn't it? Yeah. You can hear the oboe and the strings and the brass section, everything. Yeah. It also sounds a little bit, the musical arrangement also sounds a little bit on par with kind of some of John Williams' compositions. Oh. I think. Wow. What did he do? Star Wars and... I, I don't know. Various other. I know he's a. I know he's a composer. Film soundtracks. <laughs> it could work well as a film soundtrack. Yeah, and considering how good it sounds, especially in this version, you'd think that he'd see how great this song is because he doesn't. No, it's a shame, I, isn't he, it? He he doesn't he doesn't sing it much, does he? I, no. Um, I remember um when we were waiting to go in for the Hyde Park gig, you know, they were rehearsing, and you could just hear that intro. And like you yeah. said, Matt, it kind of does something to you nearly when you when you hear. I know it wasn't quite the same as the York. Um, this version that we're talking about, but yeah, um, yeah, I wish he'd do it more. Yeah, same. Okay, so the next one's my way live at the Albert Hall, which was a B-side to something stupid. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot to add in the last episode that Rob received a 2002 Grammy nomination for best music film for the Live at the Albert DVD. So I thought I'd drop that in here. I can um, understand that. Yeah, it was good. So really, we obviously covered My Way in the last episode, but just wondered, Elaine, whether you wanted to say anything about My Way. Oh, I'd I love it. The you know the the you know I was saying before watching the um, video. I was going to say DVD. It was actually a video <laughs> that my <laughs> <Yeah>. dad, <laughs> and it was when I got to that song that he kind of was was into it. Um, and then the first time that I had seen him sing it live was um, those gigs in Belfast, the swings both ways. Um, and um, oh my god, I wasn't expecting. It. I don't. Maybe I knew he was going to sing it, but I I don't know why. But I absolutely bawled my eyes out. I remember oh. the girls looking at me, going, "What's wrong with her?" Like I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't have cried. Like I looked oh. ridiculous. I'm sure if if he had have seen me, he would have thought like she's having a breakdown of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what that's what came to mind when he said about my way. And then obviously he sang it again at Hyde Park as well. No, I I love it. It's, um, I think it, obviously he didn't write it, but I think it really suits what he's been through and his life. And mm. particularly, you know, um, in, you know, when you see Live at the Albert, he's really like, you can, he's really emphatic with, with the lines. And yeah. so despite everything, he's he's done it his way. Yeah. Well, no, yes. I really like it. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I love, I love the, the, you know, the Albert Hall gig when he's, he says, if, if you know the words, sing up. If you don't, shut up or it'll sound crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just think that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. In the posh Albert Hall. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and like you say, Elaine, he is absolutely at home, you know, singing this. It, it He's, yeah, it just really works for him. Um, 
and and the vocal is flawless i i think amazing yeah and i think like you said you know these days he does do things uh his way and uh and like you say i think it's quite important it, you know i know a lot of people sing this song but i think that's why the why it's probably so special to him yeah on the track version not the dvd version which is obviously a recording from the tv show yeah there's there's the reprise when he's leaving the stage and like so he's going up the steps and there's applause and cheering and then there's one more reprise and he comes back and says mum this is your son singing i love you yeah that's nice yeah. I thought that was so nice yeah i felt yeah. like the crowd sounded more excited at the previous live recording of this on the um the 2000 tour which is a b-side to let love be your energy like I felt like the crowd here were a bit more sedate. Yeah, I think they were all sort of posh. Yeah, to them. work the Albert yes. Hall crowd a little bit more. Didn't <laughs> yeah. They? Yes. Yes. So they're a bit quieter in the background. He has to encourage them to join in and sing along, don't doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they did. They did. So should we go on to the next song? Yeah. Let's face the music and dance. This was a B-side to Something Stupid on the DVD single. Rob performed this at the Albert Hall gig, introducing it by saying, let's get butt naked and all fucked up on drugs. <laughs> in the Albert Hall, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Written in 1936 by Irving Berlin for the film Follow the Fleet, where it featured in a celebrated dance duet with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. It's been covered by Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra, Shirley Bassey, as well as in a duet by Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett, to name a few. This song is seen to have shown how the popularity of jazz music was growing in films at the time. Apparently, it follows the syncopation and rhythmic nuance of the swing period, which was dominant at that time. Which obviously, <laughs> we wrote that sentence. We, we have no idea what that means, but I'm sure it means something to some of our listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are 194 versions and two adaptations since its first recording by Vincent Lopez and his orchestra in 1936. Frank Sinatra's 1961 version was more of a pop jazz genre. Robbie's version is like the swing rendition covered by Nat King Cole in 1964. An advert using the song caused Nat King Cole's version to reach number 30 in the UK charts in 1994. Good. So, so what do we think of Let's Face the Music and Dance? Elaine, do you like this song? I do, I do. And again, um, I know I could come back to live with the Albert. Um, he seems really into it. Yeah. Um, mm. I remember that bit that Matt was talking about and the bit where he says, unleash the girls. And then all yeah. the, dancers, yeah. the dancers appear. Um, a lot of dancers appear. A lot of dancers, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which he was quite enjoying, obviously. <laughs> Um, and then there's a bit where he kind of breaks into a dance. Maybe I'm thinking of a different song, but I think like... No, I think you're right. I think yeah, he does. It is this one. It is this one, yeah. Yeah. And he, he just seems really, really into it. Yeah. I remember the Nat King Cold version. Not that I was alive back then, but as in I'd heard <laughs> that one probably the most growing up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I just really like the dancers' skirts and how the skirts are yeah. twirling around. Um, just looked really nice on stage. I remember that bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's just a classic performance by Rob again here. I mean, the smooth, mellow vocals, it just really works. And you say about the dresses spinning around, Lucy. Yeah. Yeah. 
good segue for me to read out my interesting fact. Oh, okay. You probably haven't read in the notes. (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking up the original music comedy film called Follow the Fleet, which had a a nautical theme uh, made in 1936. And in, in the film, Fred Astaire sings this to Ginger Rogers after the dance begins slowly and culminates into a static exit pose whoever one of those is the dance is filmed in one continuous shot lasting two minutes and 50 seconds during the first take ginger's dress which was heavily weighted so as to achieve a controlled swirling action hit fred astaire in the face midway through the routine though the effect is barely discernible he nonetheless selected this take out of 20 different takes that they did for the final picture and astaire was astaire said the number one take was perfect. It was the one we all liked the best. So even mm. though he got smacked in the face <laughs> by a weighted skirt, he used it in the film. Uh, that's quite funny. Not interesting, I know, but there you go. <laughs> I just wonder why this song didn't end up on the album and was used as a B-side. Yeah. yeah it's weird, isn't it? Because it's yeah. quite well known, isn't it? Yeah. Compared to some of the other ones, I'd say, on the album. Yeah. Don't know why. Yeah. Let's face it, there's so many to choose from. Yeah. 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 So should we go on to the next one? Yeah. That's Life. This is a B-side to Something Stupid. Again, obviously, because that's the only single. (laughs) Arranged and conducted by Steve Sidwell, mixed by Al Schmidt. That's Life was written by Dean Kay and Kelly Gordon, first recorded in 1963 by Marion Montgomery. Most, the most famous version is by Frank Sinatra, released in 1966, which hit number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Frank first heard the song, sung by O.C. Smith, while driving his car in 1965. He stopped the car and called his daughter Nancy, asking her to find the publisher of the song because he wanted to record it. I find that a bit weird. He must have had to find a payphone because they obviously didn't have mobile yeah. phones then. <laughs> yeah. They have to purposely stop the car, find a phone. Yeah. <laughs> Subsequently covered by Aretha Franklin, Shirley Bassey, James Brown, Van Morrison, Michael Bolton, Michael Bublé and Russell Watson. So the songs appeared in a few movies, including 1995's Casper, 1988's License to Drive, 1993's A Bronx Tale, Joker from 2019, and it was also covered by Bono for The Good Thief. Robbie first sung this on TV with his dad at the One Night with Robbie broadcast that aired on Christmas Day in 1998, the first of many duets on stage with his dad. Pete started with the wrong opening verse, and they had to restart it, making Rob feel better for normally being the one to get the lyrics wrong. <laughs> it tickled he me. He never gets lyrics wrong. What are we talking about? <laughs> See his dad get it wrong. <laughs> the professional. It happens. I sometimes get my lines wrong in this oh, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally happens. You never hear it because I edited it out. But You'd never know. <laughs> no. So I wondered whether this song and that performance in 1998 was the first swing TV performance that he did. I'd say it probably was. Don't you think? Yeah. I think so. Um, I It was certainly the first time I'd seen him sing with his dad. Yeah. His dad loads, but like in, in, um, out in public. Um, and it was the first, I think it was the first swing type song that I seen him perform. 
And you just, the way I imagined it, he obviously looked very comfortable because it was his dad. But you imagined that they'd sang that loads before, like as yeah. in he maybe grew up singing those kind of songs with yeah. his dad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they had their little dance routine and whatever going on as, as well. With yeah. it. Um, and I remember, because obviously, we'd seen pictures of his dad. I don't know if I'd ever seen like footage of his dad, but remember being amazed at the similarities, like as in kind of the mannerisms. Yeah. And like his dad, you could imagine, was a bit like Tony Bennett or, or you know, it was my <laughs> yeah. first time hearing Pete. Like you could properly see we we had heard Robbie going on about his dad and, mm-hmm. and what he did, but you could totally see he had that showbiz in him. Yeah. Um, and, why, and why Robbie aspired to be what he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was the first kind of swing thing that I I seen him do live. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It's was nice yeah. little moment. And I think there's a clip of that in the strong video as well, wasn't there? There is. Yeah. 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 yeah and also, it reminds me of them. Obviously, Robbie and his dad sang it together in Vegas as well, oh, which yeah. you you would have hopefully got. I to would see. have seen. <laughs> yeah. You you guys went to Vegas, didn't you? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it amazing? Yeah, it was. Yeah. We saw it twice. Oh. So. Well, it was a lovely holiday as well. It's really, yeah, just a lovely time, isn't it, out there? Yeah. Robbie was the best bit of it, but of course, but you know, <laughs> the, the the helicopter of the Grand Canyon was pretty nice as well. <laughs> <laughs> but Robbie was the uh, the pinnacle. The he'll go. He'll go back. <laughs> he'll he'll go back there. I'm sure. And did you get to chat to him much? You know, and you you did you meet and greet? Yeah. And it was, yeah. Yeah, we were chatting to him and um, they, yeah. the people tried to move us on, the woman that's sort of in charge of that. And he he went, but it's the champions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Because <laughs> it's more of a, it's 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 more described as a photo opportunity rather yeah. than a meeting group. Oh, yeah, so of course. He's not supposed yeah. to spend 10 minutes talking to each person, each group. No. Um, but yeah, he, he did. He got called a couple of times and, and to, for us to move on, he said, no, it's the champions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, don't you know it's the champions <laughs> that, wasn't it? so yeah he was he was interested in what we thought about the gig the night before because obviously he'd he you know he must have spotted us there and knew that we were yeah there. he didn't he didn't say were you he just said well what did what you think of last, last night's show because <laughs> <laughs> it's quite he a small may- theater so he can yeah. see everybody yeah yeah and that was one he- of the extra dates that was added in wasn't it yeah. so you know how he's always, he's, he's very keen to understand whether things went well or whether they yeah. didn't so yeah yeah a nice <laughs> little chat oh that's amazing yeah but obviously we've got a vegas episode coming up in yes. some some way in the future so we'll talk a bit more about that yeah do that then um but yeah in the in that's life um in vegas he did changed uh one of the lyrics to some people on twitter get their kick, kicks stomping on a dream but i don't ever let it get me down i just like the the modern oh. twist, bringing Twitter into yeah. the song. <laughs> well, he has been known to get hold of his Twitter password every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> every now and again, he hacks into his own account and yeah. uh, takes control and causes mayhem. And then they take it back off him again. <laughs> then, then, he, then he's locked away again for a little yeah. while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I think this is one of those songs where I guess not everybody, but quite a lot of people would know the lyrics quite well because it's something that you sort of hear yeah. used quite a lot um, on television, on shows. Um, so it's quite well known, but 
I just think the lyrics are clever. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn and a king. I've been up and down and over and out and I know one thing. Each time I find myself flat on my face, I pick myself up and get back in the race. And yeah. I just think, yes. That's true, isn't it? <laughs> That's Ro- what Robbie's we all well, It's what Robbie does. Yeah. But it's what yeah. we all do, isn't it, in mm-hmm. life, you know, you get you get your ups and downs and you know, you just get back up and get on with it, don't you? Yeah. And he definitely has. Yeah, no, it's, it's another one where obviously he didn't write it, but you can imagine he, he identifies yes. with a lot of the oh, things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the stomping on a dream bit. Yeah. 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 Hi, I'm Robbie Williams, and you're listening to Robbie Williams Rewind with the Champions. So the, the, the last swing song that's an actual swing song is The Lady is a Tramp. Yeah, and this was released as a double A-side with Mr. Bojangles in Central and Eastern Europe on the 11th of March 2002. Robbie also sung this at the Royal Albert Hall gig. It was written by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart, and it's a show tune from the 1937 musical Babes in Arms, introduced by Mitzi Green. Lorenz Hart wrote the lyric in a day about a down-to-earth lady who scorns such affectations as arriving late at the theatre, going to play craps games with royalty and wearing furs to Harlem nightclubs. Because the singer refused to behave pretentiously, other women label her a tramp. It's a spoof of a New York high society and it's strict etiquette and phony social pretensions. It first charted at number 15 in 1937, sung by Tommy Dorsey. It also appears in the film Babes in Arms in 1939 as an instrumental and in the film version of Pal Joey starring Frank Sinatra, Rita Hayworth and Kim Novak. It's been recorded by Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby and Shirley Bassey. Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga also covered the song on the Duets 2 album in 2011. The 1955 Disney animated classic Lady and the Tramp is a play off the song's name. The version Robbie sings includes the opening about Mulligan Stew, etc., which some covers omit, but then Rob's doesn't include later verses which appear in the original, talking about Coney, Central Park Lake, Queen Mary, and Gone with the Wind and other things. Now, I have a confession I've never ever seen Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> is, that, is that weird? I have. Yeah, I don't know why. Isn't that the one where they're sucking that piece of yeah, spaghetti? I've seen that clip. Yeah. <laughs> never seen the film. <laughs> I think it must have been a long time ago that I actually saw that. Yeah. But, uh, didn't we play it for the kids? No. no maybe we haven't watched it. No. Have you well, seen it, Elaine? Seen, I haven't seen it in years, but when, when I was a kid, when um when we listened to cassette tapes, I had I had this little Fisher Price radio that I put my story tapes in when I was going to bed and one of my story tapes was Lady and the Tramp. Um, but I haven't watched it in years. Obviously, I haven't. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm into the Disney stuff, so I should watch it. Yeah. So, so this song was an influence for the film. Yeah, apparently. Because obviously, in the film, she is a lady. Well, dog <laughs> who is a bit posh and doesn't really want to associate with the street dog. And yeah, yeah. So she is behaving pretentiously, right. and she is being posh, and she is saying. I don't want to eat out of 
trash cans and <laughs> you know that sort of thing but then she falls in love and yeah oh, so i don't need to but watch that, it that's, now. that's it and i haven't done any spoilers that's kind of it's that, kind of obvious isn't it that, that's right, it in okay. a nutshell yeah <laughs> there you go yeah it's also it's funny that the song mentions noel coward when robbie obviously did a song on the noel coward tribute album in 1998 yeah what do you think of this song, Elaine? I, I think it's, again, bringing it back to... He sang that at Royal, Royal at the yes, he Life did, of the Albert, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I think he does a slightly more up-tempo version. Right. Um, I, I, from what I remember. Um, and I think when he was introducing the song, he said something like, I, I want to dedicate this to my last three girlfriends. Oh, something. yeah, that's right. He does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which is funny. T- typical Robbie. I like um, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? I yeah, I don't have too much to say about this song. I yeah, Rob smashes it, of course. Um I like the up tempo feel and that double bass twanging away in the background. Yeah, it's Yeah. That's it's a it. classic. I I think uh, with the with his version, um I like the Albert he changes a few of the lyrics. Um right. I think it was it um She's broke. That's coke. I think he says. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then at another, in when it gets to it further along, I think he says, "I'm broke. That's a joke." And where's up there? That's it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Not broke anymore. Shall we move on to yes. Sweet Jean Vincent? Yes, let's take let's a little bit of a break from the swing genre. Yeah, just a moment. Mm-hmm. This was released on the fourth of September, two thousand and one as part of the brand new Boots and Panties album. It was a recreation of Ian Jury and the Blockheads' new Boots and Panties album, which had spent 90 weeks on the UK's chart since its original release in 1977. This new track-by-track recording by various artists was a tribute to Ian, who died of cancer in 2000. The profits of the album went to the Cancer Backup Charity, with whom Ian was actively involved. Ian's probably best known for songs like Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. I'm sure everyone knows that one. Yeah. The tribute album featured Paul McCartney, Madness, Keris Matthews, Sinead O'Connor, Billy Bragg, Shane McGowan, Keith Allen and members of Feeder. Apart from the tracks covered by Billy Bragg and Madness, all of the songs were recorded with Ian's own band, The Blockheads. The song Sweet Jean Vincent was written by Ian and his Blockheads band member Chaz Jankel. It was Ian's second solo single released in November 1977 and is a tribute to rock and roll singer Jean Vincent. Ian was a fan of Vincent since his teens and claimed to have bought every single Vincent produced. He first heard Bebop Alula and said he was reduced to tears by it. Ian spent six weeks researching his lyric and read two biographies of Jean Vincent before finishing it and handing it to the song's co-writer, Chaz Jankel. Chaz joked it would have been 15 minutes long if left in its original form. The song tells the rough life story of Vincent made up of references or extracts from his songs. Some of the lyrics focus on Vincent's usual black and white outfits, Black gloves, white frost, black crepe, white lead, white sheet, black night, jet black, dead white. (laughs) Apparently, Ian would often forget these when singing it live and make it up. (laughs) 
Sounds like Robbie, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the song remained in Ian's set list for almost his whole career. He played it at his final concert at the London Palladium in February 2000, not long before he died on the 27th of March. Rob's cover adds an additional repetition of the song's title near the end, as Ian often did this live. Rob and Ian met in 1998 when they travelled to Sri Lanka together to help with UNICEF's polio immunisation campaign. Ian had polio when he was seven and was left with physical disabilities. After Ian's death, Rob went to Mozambique for UNICEF in May 2000 and he became the official UK UNICEF ambassador following a gala event in London in the June when he was joined by Ian's wife Sophie. He said, I can't take Ian's place, nobody could, but I'm going to try my best and just be me. Rob performed a charity gig for Cancer Backup at Brixton Academy on the 16th of June called the Tribute to Ian Drury Gig alongside acts like Keith Allen, Mark Lamar, Kirsty McColl, Suggs from Madness. Rob was the final act on stage performing Sweet Jean Vincent and Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. He also sung Sweet Jean Vincent on later with Jules Holland in 2001 with the Blockheads, which you can find a blurry copy of on YouTube if you look it up. <laughs> so yeah, what do we think of Sweet Jean Vincent? What do you think, Elaine? Do you know, it's a song that I've kind of forgotten about. It yeah. wouldn't be the, the B-sides that would jump out in your mind. Um, I, I definitely remember when he was on Jules Holland. Right. Um, I'm sure I have that on the video somewhere. Um, <laughs> but he, I, and again, maybe this is an assumption, Robbie seemed really into it. Like, as in, I think he really res- respected Ian. And I think he probably um, lyrically kind of, wanted to maybe be a bit like him I, I could be wrong when I say that um, no, he definitely did yeah, yeah I think you're absolutely yeah. right when you say that um so I th- yeah the song wouldn't be like one of my favorites but I I it's kind of it, it definitely sounds of its time as in I think did you say was it from the 70s yeah um, 77 yeah 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 um I think I think Robbie does a good version of it mm-hmm. he does doesn't he um so I'm just reading my notes to see what <laughs> I said about it. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I wasn't really aware of it until a few years ago. Um, and somehow it just passed me by when it happened in 2000. And um, yeah, it's it's, it's good to understand what the song's about and why he covered it. Because I didn't yeah. know all of that background. I didn't. No, neither did I. I, like, yeah. I didn't know why he had written the song in the first place. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Sort of makes it more understandable, doesn't it? Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's a good song. It's It's got like a good sort of indie rock kind of vibe to it, hasn't it? But definitely, as yeah. you say, you, you can tell it's like a 70s yeah. song. Um, and I like the, Rob, the raspiness of Rob's voice in certain parts of it. It just yeah. seems to suit yeah. it quite well. <laughs> and also his Cockney accent that he's seems yeah. to be using because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. obviously that's what Ian had yeah yeah I think Ian Jury was a massive well is a massive idol of Robbie's yeah and I think you're absolutely right Elaine you can you can see it in the lyrics I'm just looking at the the last few lines here I mean they're all quite different so farewell mademoiselle knickerbocker hotel farewell to money <laughs> owed but when your leg still hurts and you need more shirts, you've got to get back on the road. 
<laughs> I mean, Robbie could have written that, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> There's a lot in those exactly. lines. Um, I just love the way that the song starts as well. It's quite kind of melodic and down. And then there's a certain part it, where it just launches into this rock and roll. Takes number. off. Yeah. yeah. So I can imagine in the day when people were watching in perform it, you can just imagine people just sort of, you know, gradually building up and then the rock and roll bit kicks in and then everyone's yeah. just going for it. Yeah. Um, it's a really nice one to listen to, actually. Yeah. I, it was nice to sort of find it again. And I was playing it, in fact, just before we started this recording. And I said to Lucy when she came in, that's a, it's a really good tune. It's a nice song. And, I think Rob's done it justice because I listened to the original one as well. It's a little different, but I think, yeah, Rob Rob has done it absolute justice. I um, when you watch the YouTube of him singing it on Jules Holland, I think you can see him reading the lyrics off, <laughs> off like an auto cue or a piece of paper by his feet because he just keeps looking down at his feet all the time. <laughs> he does that with his own songs. Too, yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and on a side note, Robbie did say at, at some stage that he thinks the best he's ever looked is at Ian Jury's funeral in 2000. That the, papar- <coughs> the paparazzi shots that were taken of him there, he was really happy with how he looked at that time, with how thin, with how thin he was and stuff. I don't know why, but I've heard him say that and it's such a random comment that I thought I'd drop that in. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't often people hear people referring. Oh, I look great at that funeral. I know it's not something <laughs> yeah. you hear people normally saying. It, but <laughs> it, it was very sad, but I looked fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Ian would have been proud. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's move on to the next song. You're the Why, which is a duet with the Blockheads. So when Jury died, his family requested that there wouldn't be a trawl through the archives to find unreleased songs. But his widow, Sophie, found a sheet of paper with an album title, 10 more turnips from the tip, and six (laughs) songs listed. She liaised with his longtime writing partner, Chaz Jenkel, to help release what would be Ian's last ever album of new songs, mostly sung by Ian himself before he died. And Robbie sang one and Jenkel sang another. The Guardian reported that the Blockheads performed You're the Why at Ian's funeral, at which Robbie was present. Rob went up to a band member, John Turnbull, and was really emotional, saying, that's a beautiful song. If you want anyone to sing it for you, I'm your man. The Scottish Herald said, After the service, William said, He was a wonderful man. Because of Ian, I went to Sri Lanka with UNICEF. I'm off to Mozambique this year to carry on Ian's work. I'm honoured to be here and I'm honoured that he asked me to go with him. He's been an inspiration, as a person and as a musician, and my thoughts are with his family and friends. May he rest in peace. Ten More Turnips from the Tip album came out on the 18th of March 2002 and reached number 60 in the UK chart. You're the Why was written by Ian and Chaz Jankel and is believed to be one of the last lyrics Ian ever wrote. Billboard reported that three of the tracks, It Ain't Cool, Dance Little Rude Boy and Books and Water, had already been recorded at RAK Studios. Two more, Happy Hippie and The Ballad of the Sulfate Strangler, were unreleased excerpts from the 1999 sessions for the Mr Love Pants album, 
the remainder of 10 more turnips mainly consisted of outtakes from recording sessions in 1991. So, you're the why. Do we like this song, Matt? I do like it, yeah. I mean, again, it's one that I sort of rediscovered doing this. Does anybody know what recalcitrance means? No. (laughs) There's a lyric in it. Then, like a ton of bricks, the dawn descended, recalcitrance was hurtled to the floor. No, no idea. Well, Lane, do you know? I have. Do you know what recalcitrance means? Well, I I probably don't. But is it something to do with authority? Yeah. Oh, is is it really? It is. Oh, well done. Um, (laughs) You're bang on. It means resisting authority or control, not obedient or compliant, refractory, hard to deal with, manage or operate, and it could be a noun, a recalcitrant person. Yeah. I've just never go. heard that word used, uh, well, at all, let alone in a song. So um, <laughs> well done, Ian, for getting that in there. Um, I think it I think it sounds like Rob's having a lot of fun and really enjoying singing this one. Yeah. I think you can just yeah. you can just feel that. There's something about it. And he's obviously very connected emotionally to it as well. And obviously he wanted yeah. to do it justice. And yeah, I just think it's a, it's a great song. Yeah, I think Rob sings it beautifully. And hopefully Ian's fans were happy that yeah. Rob sung it. You know, some people can be a bit snooty, can't they, about Robbie? So yeah, ho- hopefully Ian's fans were happy. Do you like it, Elaine? Yeah, it, again, it's one that I'd totally forgotten about, to be yeah. honest. Uh, and I probably didn't know as much about it. Um, I knew um, it was an Ian um, song, but I didn't realise that it was only discovered after he died. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't realise that, so... You can imagine Robbie was probably quite proud to be able to to yeah. do it, and as you say, do it justice. Um, no, I think it's a lovely song. Um, it's um, kind of I, I'm I'm trying to describe. It. I love uh, you know where the tempo, not the tempo, kind of funky in parts. Like mm-hmm. the you know it starts out like a ballad almost, and then yeah. um, kind of the background. It's kind of it's kind of funky the the um, the undertone to it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'd imagine it was quite emotional listening to this being sung at Ian's funeral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the lyrics are, you know, um, like, I need you till the birds forget to fly. I'll love you more than anyone in history. Wherever there's a wherefore, you're the why. I can imagine yeah. that was very hard yeah. for his wife to listen to at the funeral. Probably yeah. thinking about Ian as those words were said. Yeah. But you can see why Rob looks up to Ian as a lyricist, can't you? Cause yeah, totally. They're yeah. totally, like, totally just out there, aren't they, the lyrics in all his songs, it seems. They are. And and a top tip, if anybody wants to listen to that one, it is on, well, I was checking on Spotify the other day. I don't know, it might be on Apple Music as well. It is actually on there. But if you search for Robbie Williams, you might not find it because it's actually listed under Ian Jury in the Blockheads. So oh. Robbie is obviously a contributing artist and on some search sites you might find it. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube as well. I think it is on YouTube. Um, but he definitely sang it. But yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for it, it is out there. Hi, I'm Robbie Williams and you're listening to Robbie Williams Rewind with the Champions. So we're going to pause our rewind here for a moment to hear one of your Robbie stories. This time, it's from Leslie in Minnesota, USA. Leslie, thank you so much for sending us your story 
and supporting the podcast. Hello, my name is Leslie and I am a Robbie fan from America in the great state of Minnesota. I have been a fan of Robbie's since 1999. I first saw his video on MTV for Millennium and my first thought was, this song's really great. And then my second thought was, that guy is really cute. So I've um, been a huge fan ever since then. I The next day I went out and got the uh, Ego Has Landed CD and he's just been in my life ever since. I like to say that he is the soundtrack to my life actually. He's been there since I was 16 years old, and he's been there through heartbreak, through triumph, through everything in my life. And I'm so thankful to have found his music and to be such a fan of his. Um, I guess my best memory was finally getting to see him live for the first time in Las Vegas when he was here in 2019. It was amazing. Um, it was my first time being in a Robbie concert, and that's a very long time to not have seen him live. So I just remember when he descended from the ceiling of the concert during the beginning when they were doing Let Me Entertain You, I just freaked out. And it, it meant everything to me to, to be there and to be part of that. So um, the other thing about Robbie that I love, other than his music, is I love the community. The community of fans has always been amazing and wonderful. Even back in the day when I first started being a fan, it wasn't like today where you could easily get Robbie CDs and, and Robbie things in America. So I made a lot of friends on the internet, a lot of pen pals, and they were so great. They would send me CDs or, or photos from gigs. Um, it was amazing uh, to, to be a part of that community. And it's still amazing today. The, the fan community is just wonderful. Everybody is so gracious and so fantastic to hang out with and to talk about Robbie. So I love it. And thankfully now we have things like Amazon. Um, so it's a lot easier to get his music and his CDs and uh, interact with Robbie and his fans. So thank you for letting me have a little bit of time today. And I love what you guys do. And yeah, I love being a Robbie fan and I will be a Robbie fan for life. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Robbie Williams and you're listening to Robbie Williams Rewind with the Champions. I think we can move on to the final song of this episode, which is My Culture, the duet with One Giant Leap. Mm -hmm. So this song was written by Rob Maxi Jazz, J.B. Cato, Duncan Bridgman and Nigel Butler. It was released on the 8th of April 2002 and reached number 9 in the UK, 5 in Belgium, 16 in Italy, 24 in Ireland, 26 in New Zealand, 30 in Australia and 33 in the Netherlands. It was also released in the USA. One Giant Leap's main two members are Jamie Cato, who was a founding member of Faithless, before leaving to form One Giant Leap, and Duncan Bridgman, who is a double Grammy-nominated filmmaker and musician, having composed songs for Point Break and other films. One Giant Leap was a multimedia project designed to encompass a CD, DVD and cinematic presentation that would offer a complete artistic statement. The project offers music and digital video footage shot over the course of six months by Cato and Bridgman, and featured contributions from Dennis Hopper, Michael Stipe, Eddie Reader, Brian Eno, Nana Cherry and more. 
The theme for the project was unity through diversity. A making of documentary appeared on the Discovery Channel. My Culture featured vocals from Rob as well as Maxi Jazz, who is the lead singer of Faithless from 1995. His real name is Maxwell Fraser. It includes Rob's lyrics from his Hello Sir poem, the secret track at the end of Life Through a Lens. Rob performed My Culture with One Giant Leap on Later with Jules Holland, which you can find another blurry version of on YouTube. (laughs) Co-writer Nigel Butler has written and produced with many top artists, including Bross, The Charlatans, Steps, S Club 7, Emma Bunton, Five, Ronan Keating, Chicane, Bananarama, Sophie Ellis Baxter, (laughs) and many, many more. In the mid-90s, he was a member of Tribal Drift, alongside One Giant Leap member, Duncan Bridgman. So, who wants to kick off with thoughts about this song? Elaine? (laughs) Do you know what? For some reason, when this came out, it was like I hadn't heard... I remember hearing it and not knowing that... I I wasn't aware that Robbie was going to be on it. And then all of a sudden hearing the Hello Sir kick in and think, what the hell? How's Robbie (laughs) on this song? I, I somehow... Whatever I was doing at the time, I somehow missed the announcement that this was going to happen. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was quite funky. I imagine Robbie enjoyed being asked to be involved yeah. in something. It's kind of, um, I imagine he would have talked, like, kind of moving into, like, um, he would have felt, let's say, cool. By saying yeah. the word cool, uncool. But you know what I mean? I like, know what um, you mean. <laughs> he, he, wasn't, he wasn't being um, kept in the, the pop kind of genre. Like, he was getting to try something else. Yeah. Um, I, I love the Hello Sir poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like I still, I'm sure I still know it off by heart. I, yeah. <laughs> when, when, sorry, I'm just thinking of something. Probably shouldn't even say it. Um, when, so around, obviously, when the Life to Lens album was out, I was just obsessed with this poem. Like, for whatever reason, anyway, I, I loved yeah. it. But my, my parents were getting some decorating done at the time. And, um, and the bathroom of all places, I don't know why, but I decided to write this poem on the wall. So I, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> the tiles were down, and I think I thought it would be funny, like people sitting on the toilet and seeing this poem on the wall. So it was obviously going to be decorated over. Yeah. So anyway, so the tile, the, the, it was there and whatever it was tiled over. And then years later, um, my my mom was getting decorating done again, and the guy who was doing it for it came running down to her in the kitchen, said, "Come and look at this. There's something written on the wall. We don't know how long that's been there for." <laughs> <laughs> and she was she was reading it, and then it kind of came back to her. I'm sure she thinks I'm nuts, but probably am. <laughs> uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So that house behind the tiles has "Hello yeah. Sir" written by yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> is it it's still there? They didn't like paint over it or something. No, at first, so it was tiled over, but when the tiles came off, it was still on. It was like on the original kind of plaster, say. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if the next time they retile, will it? Yeah. Still- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm, uh, I'm sure she thinks I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I I love this song. I just love it. Again, we were listening to it just before the recording and had it like blaring out of the television. And it's just really cool song. There's I can pick out so many different styles and things going on. You know, it's quite um, it's quite an eclectic mix yeah. of different vocals and instrumentals and then when you watch the video there's even more going on in the video there's so much going on in this but one thing i do like is the intro reminds me of fun loving criminals 
and I love the fun loving criminals. So there's, there's something about the I don't know the basic sort of start of it. It sounds very fun loving criminals. Yeah. Um, and I just love that really funky style and beat right the way throughout, and the rap. And Robbie's fullback again, you know, the way he, he, yeah. I'm not even going to try and sing it like he does, but that just rings in my mind when I've heard the song yeah. and just, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I think while we've been recording this podcast, I sometimes wake up and I've been dreaming about songs and hearing lyrics and, yeah. and that's one I definitely hear fullback again. Yeah. Um, he just does it brilliantly. Yeah. It's a really good song so much it's like I've, I've put here it's a real smorgasbord <laughs> and somehow it all really works well together yeah. so that production team uh did an incredible job and i think yeah hearing maxi jazz oh, i mean the just his style the way he speaks raps sings it, it's just incredible it really works and I'm going to have to listen to this gem a lot more now. I've rediscovered it again. Yeah. I think it's going to be high up there on the list to keep listening to. I think that um, Rob's singing voice contrasts perfectly with Maxie's oh, yeah. deep rapping voice and it just makes it sound amazing. Yeah. Um, it yeah. really adds to the song and it wouldn't be the same without the both parts, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant contrast and a brilliant um compliment as well yeah, yeah it just works i'm guessing that maybe they heard the hello sir poem and thought you know oh that's really cool i want it could to work. include that and so they asked him and then he maybe came up with the other bits you know the bits that he sings it's obviously a very a long song as well isn't it a yes five minutes 40. yeah it is yeah and like you said i think that um he was probably really proud to be asked yeah and the collaboration yeah because yeah. at that point he was definitely in the pin uh, pinpointed as a pop singer so yeah. to be asked to be to, to do something cool <laughs> like cool, <this>. I know. <laughs> um and what was i gonna say yeah so it's basically it's about remaining true to your roots and your family and not forgetting where you've come from yeah about making your parents and your grandparents proud and that's why hello sir fits well with it because yeah. you know that's about his growing up in his roots but they've changed the lyrics to dad instead of teacher i've got the lyrics here shall i just for yeah, those people that might out. not know hello sir hello dad remember me i'm the man you thought i'd never be i'm the boy who you reduced to tears dad i've been lonely for 27 years and then there's i think this is part of the same is, or is it separate that that was my culture because obviously they changed it slightly yeah, that's right. My name's Rob. I'm the one who landed the pop star's job. I'm the one who you told, look, don't touch. I'm the kid who wouldn't amount to much. I believe in the senses, sight and sound. I've always been too loud. Those are my culture lyrics. Yeah. 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 It's a great song. It is. It's, it's a epic. Great. Yeah. Oh, and then one of my favourite bits is and if I don't see that I'm strong, then I won't be. And then the music stops at that, that part and you can really hear the lyrics clearly. I never want to shame the blood in my veins and bring pain to my sweet grandfather's face in his resting place. I think they're maxi jazz parts, yeah. aren't they, rather than Rob? Yeah. But it's just great, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the song received a Grammy nomination in 2002 for Best Short Form Music Video. The music video was directed by Tim Hope, who had worked with Coldplay and starts with a comet crashing into a planet, creating a universe and a human civilization as the Earth continues to rapidly evolve further in time. At the end of the video, many children from different cultures walk into a rocket-shaped like building, which launches up into space. And using computer animation as a starting point, Hope integrated live action to create a a dramatic multicultural landscape. He wanted the film to look mundane and normal and set it against the backdrop of a typical British high street. The clip took an intense six weeks to make using Studio Max and Combustion, with Hope keen to create a real place rather than a fantasy world. So yeah, the video was really cool, I thought. And I I love it. It makes me laugh that you can see like Tesco and... um, (laughs) <laughs> Dixons and Woolworths which no longer exist in the background but Boots and Tesco are still going strong Yeah, <laughs> I get that from Boots <laughs> Boots <laughs> that's a rude box reference um, yeah and it's, it makes me laugh that you can see Rob on the tellies in the shops in the shop windows that's cool <laughs> what do you think of the video what do you think about the video, Elaine? I hadn't seen it in ages, and I watched it recently. It was, it was great watching it, but one thing that jumped out to me was, oh, yeah, Rob had his ear pierced at some point. I totally yeah. forgotten. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah, that's come and gone over the years, hasn't it? There's been occasions yeah. where he's worn it and others that... Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously, it's gone now. It's closed up, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just really edgy, isn't it? Different to any of Robbie's videos. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, again, there's so much going on in the song. There's loads going on in the video. Um, I mean, that start that I described a minute ago is a meteor flying through space. And then obviously you hear the guy talking about I'm the sum total of my ancestors. And then they go through all the different inventions in history. You sort of see the wheel and horse and cart and various other bits and pieces. The video is really clever. Um, it's a cool mix of real shorts and quirky animation mixed in and uh yeah rob appears on the television doing his part and then and then he's busting some shapes in front of the flat blocks going for it and uh yeah rob and maxi's visuals and vocals are just cool you know maxi is just like staring directly into the camera delivering his piece and then i love the way the dad character gets involved in the singing as as one of the heads when they're singing to the camera and they're singing a particular part and then suddenly the dad pops up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think it's a great way to end when that whole flat block turns into a space rocket and flies off into space. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Robbie liked that bit actually. And, yeah. Yeah. He was quite proud of that video, I reckon. And then obviously it appeared on In and Out of Consciousness, this song, so... Robbie definitely hold, holds it in high esteem, doesn't he? I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we could see it live. Need to Maxi, Maxi Jazz to come and... Yeah. yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah, it would. I mean, yeah. they've done it live together on Jules Holland, which is oh. really cool, but I think that's the only time. So, I think we've finished with all the songs, haven't we? Yes, we have reached that point in the podcast where we have to pick our favourite song from the album to go on a playlist, which you'll be able to find on robbywilliamsrewind.com. 
Who? Elaine, would, would you like, like to go yes, first? Let's, let's let Elaine go first. I'd probably go with, with my way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good I, I think, yeah, I think just as maybe, I, I think his connection to it and, you know, we don't get to see him do it live that much and obviously it's mm-hmm. an epic song anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I know it's probably controversial. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a great, great choice. It's a good, strong choice. It needs to be on the playlist. Yeah. So, so it will be on there now. <laughs> <laughs> great. So Lucy, would you? This is always difficult for Lucy because she can never quite choose. So well, I can like me choose. to go first, right. or you for to this go one. First. I can choose. Okay, go for on. me. There's only one choice on this. Go on then. And that's my culture, which I know Matt wants to pick as well. Oh, <laughs> I'd have loved to pick my them. culture. <laughs> are you not allowed? <laughs> why are you picking my culture? Let's hear about why. Because oh, it's just a great song. You know, it's got it's a great vibe. It's completely different to anything else that Robbie's done. You know, yes. Maxi Jazz and him together make it amazing. Yes. And it deserves to be on the playlist. Completely agree. So I don't have to pick anything then? Well, you can pick another <laughs> one if you want. No, actually, I'm joking. I definitely have a very strong second choice. And that will be your The Why, which is the song oh, that he yeah. sang after Ian Jury died uh, with the Blockheads. Uh just think that's... A brilliant, brilliant song, and Robbie's great on it. So that yeah. has to be on the playlist. So, yeah, and I think that's a good one to include because you know not yeah. everyone may be aware of it. So, yeah, absolutely, nice that on there. Yeah, yeah. No, there, there are two that you know that if Robbie listens to the playlist, he'd be like, "Brilliant, they're on." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he can will. I change my yes. answer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's good to have my no, way on there. I, I think you've picked a classic. Yeah. And it has to be on there. Because he loves singing it. Yeah. And I think it's very appropriate for Rob as well. Yeah. And we should have one swing song from the swing B-sides. <laughs> <laughs> Representing the swing now, Elaine. Well yeah, yeah. So, just before we wrap up this episode... Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. And also, Lucy and I would really appreciate it if you can leave us a star rating. You can do this on both Apple and Spotify podcasts. We would also love it if you could write us a short review. You can do this on Apple. Don't forget, you can check out our episode notes for each episode and links to all tracks and videos at robbywilliamsrewind.com. You can also email us at email at robbywilliamsrewind.com. Please also follow and chat on our social channels. It's at RewindRobbie on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And you can also like and follow our Facebook page, Robbie Williams Rewind. And before we return to this episode, you might also consider sending us one of your own Robbie stories for the show. Just record a short audio clip on your phone and email it to us. Please check the website for more details. Thank you. Hi, I'm Robbie Williams, and you're listening to Robbie Williams Rewind with the Champions. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Tune into the next episode when we will be discussing Escapology and the infamous Weekends of Mass Distraction Tour, which included Nebworth. And we'll be joined by Elaine's old pen pal, Katie, from episode two again. (laughs) Yeah. And we've got to say a big thank you to Elaine for joining us today. 
Thank you, Elaine. Sorry about the 12 hours it took to get that up. <laughs> oh, no. Not a problem. Not a problem. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thank thank look... you for having me. That's all right. Yeah. It's been fun. And we look forward to seeing you again in person soon at some point. In Stoke? Are you oh, going yeah. to Stoke? Yeah, going to yeah. Stoke, definitely. I, you know, it's still at the, I know it is happening now, but, you know, for a while there, I think, God, is this ever actually going to happen? Yeah. It'll, yeah. Be ama- it'll be amazing to be back in, in the bubble again. Yeah, it will. It will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back in Robbie land. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye, Elaine. Bye. Robbie Williams Rewind. 